is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindenmark.com. Welcome back to Danish Dynamite, and I'm feeling pretty good. The Superliga is just over two weeks away. The transfer window has slammed shut, and Arsenal are top of the league. The last point is something for a different podcast entirely, but the first two points are very much the topic of discussion on today's pod as we pick through the comings and goings of another mad transfer window in Denmark. Uh, it's a bit of a relief that the all the rumours can stop and we can we can reflect on what's actually happened. As ever, if you want to support what I'm doing at Football in Denmark, please consider heading to Patreon and signing up at patreon.com forward slash football in Denmark. And a belated shout out to the latest Patreon, Kyle Bullen. Thanks for your support, Kyle. It's really appreciated. So let's get into the show. And with me to discuss everything that's been going on, I've got a couple of returning guests. Always nice to have returners. Uh, it means I didn't upset them too much the first time round uh, or the second time round. So I'd like to introduce the two Caspers, uh, <laughs> FC Nordland superfan Casper de Lind and Bromby Data Wizard Casper Pedersback. Lads, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> is it is it just me or it, does the January window seem a lot more dramatic than the summer one when it comes to the Superliga? I think that the you know that January window uh, it's not like a, uh, it's not open for a month it's only open for one day the last day <laughs> yeah yeah I do wonder why teams wait till the last minute I saw a report that Peter Christiansen from from FC Co was sort of holed up in a hotel doing deals on the final day I think you've had the whole winter break to plan for this what's yeah. going on. I think basically all the football clubs are just run by uh, teenage boys from high school <laughs> doing their homework uh, the last day before uh, turning it in. <laughs> and but before we get into talking about individual teams, just you two on a personal level, uh, how do you how do you rate your team's windows uh, out of ten? Say, Casper, you get the honor to start. <laughs> well, from one to ten, I say pretty much an eight. An eight? That's pretty good. How about FC Norgeland? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in between an eight and a nine. Uh, but as Casper says, eight, then I'm going to beat him today, right? So now it's a nine. <laughs> it's a nine. Wow. Okay. Well, let's start with uh, let's start with these two teams then, because it sounds like there's there's lots to talk about. So uh, if we talk first about FC Norgeland, um, the, the 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 big sort of incomings look like. Zidane Sertemir, who, who turned a lot of heads. This is a, a young guy who had um, head over to the Bundesliga, was playing for Leverkusen, and he's he's been brought back to the Superliga. And this was this came as a complete surprise. I didn't see any rumours, nothing about that. Um, and on top of that, Emiliano Marcondes came back to Norgeland, bit of a, a cult hero, and his unveiling was pretty special. And then there was some backup in the um, goalkeeper space with Carl Johan Eriksson. How do you feel about those incomings? Are they gonna uh, are they gonna be players that can help propel Norgeland to the title? I think uh, if you start with uh, Marcondes, he's, of course, the obvious replacement for uh, for Schellorp. I think he has, uh, early on, showed that he has the uh, the level to make a difference. I think his biggest problem is now he's not delivered that value for quite some time. So there is a bit of a question mark on how his, uh, his level is now, but at least he's shown earlier that he can be uh, a proper, proper uh, signing to, to FC Norseland. Uh, I think it was like 17 goals in 17 games or something like that, right? So I think we saw in the summer with Wahid Fagir that, you know, he was perhaps a bit of a distressed asset in terms of, you know, he left for the Bundesliga, really didn't get much of a chance there. And so coming back to Norseland was a, a kind of chance to get his career back on track. Do you see that being the, the case for some of these signings? Yeah, I think especially if we stick with uh, if we stick with Bacondis for now, then I think he needs to figure out what he wants to do. The agent said he had quite a few different options. Six months in safe haven in FC Norseland is probably not too bad to figure out if he's going out for a last uh, resort, or if he's going to stay in, in farm. And I think with Fakir, yes, no doubt, he also came back with a similar plan. And I also think that that is what FC Norseland can provide, a plan, playing time, and uh, attractive system. You mentioned that was a six-month deal. Zidane Sertemir, I believe, signed a four-year contract, which is a, a lot more of a long-term commitment and perhaps a sign that you know he sees this as being uh, maybe the chance to get another big move in the vein of Sheldrup. Yeah, Zidane is interesting. Uh, a bit of a blessing and a curse with that name, huh? Um, <laughs> so it's a three-year contract because he's still under 18, so that's the maximum that he can get. So uh, I think with him... 
he will sit on the bench uh, for the first six months. I think he's going to wait his chance to see if he's better than uh, Jakob Sten Christensen, uh, Bistrup and Diomande. But I don't think he is intended to start now. He needs to be better than the three that's been absolutely brilliant. And then uh, when summer comes, we talked about the last time, uh, the big reset button will be pushed in FC Neuschland and then they need the right players for the future. So I think uh, with Zidane, uh, it's all about being ready for uh, for uh, summer 2023. Uh, but he's an interesting player and I've seen a lot of these under-19 games. I'm, I can see a lot of people on the internet like talking like they've seen him a lot. I've actually seen him uh, in these uh, youth games and he's... Uh, He's an interesting player because his technique is extraordinary and he has a pretty attitude, uh, pretty cheeky attitude on the pitch. So uh, I think he's going to be exciting to watch from a Superliga perspective. Brilliant. And Ericsson, talk to me about what you see his role being in the, the sort of remaining six months of the season. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully he'll we'll, have absolutely no role to play because that means <laughs> that uh, Andreas Hansen doesn't, hasn't gotten a red card, hasn't been injured. And I think FC Nordland just learned from their mistakes, which was that they put in a two-week goalkeeper, uh, yeah, a little more than a year ago now, right? And um, we've seen the consequences of that. And we will do our utmost to play to win the championship. And in order to win the championship, you need a goalkeeper with uh, two arms, two legs, uh, proper height, uh, and a bit of a senior experience. And uh, I think that's what he'll be contributing with if we need him. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side, there were some pretty significant departures. I know that when we spoke last time, you had anticipated that there, there might be a monster bid come in for, for Sheldrup. And, and sure enough, he's gone to, to Benfica actually to, to link up with Kasper Tengstead, uh, who also made the move from Rosenborg. How do you feel about him moving mid-season? Is this the sort of, I, I, think the, I think the talk was around 15 million euros up front. Is that the kind of fee you were expecting for him? Yeah, so honestly speaking, I'm not really concerned about money anymore. I feel like we've done quite a bit of these uh, big sales. For me, I would have lowered the price with, let's say, 5 million euro if he could have stayed. Uh, but of course, the, the money in itself is fine. But the consequence for the team is probably pretty severe. Um, because he was, as I saw, the best player in the Superliga in the last six months. He's been uh, pretty uh, amazing going down the flank. And he offered something that FC Neuschland do not have now. And that's, of course, the, the problematic part of, of Schillerup leaving. But again, it's it's very much down to how you see it. Because you could also look at it and say, it's pretty crazy that FC Neuschland didn't also sell Nuama with the amount of bids coming in, Nagelo with the amount of bids coming in. So it's all about the perspective. And I'm a fan, right? And I'm fairly positive here. So uh, I'm going to say I'm just happy with it only being Schillerup leaving and not the rest as well like we've seen before. Well, you say only Sheldrup leaving, but there were a couple of other departures who might not have been starters in, in Leo Walter and uh, Oliver Antman, but those were guys who I saw playing a, a significant, well, a fairly significant role in the second part of the season. You know, Antman in particular looked like a real talent. And I, I found that move a bit baffling because he's moved to Groningen in the Eredivisie. I think at the bottom side in the Eredivisie, it's a six-month loan, it just seemed a bit puzzling to me because I felt like he was going to get opportunities. Mm, yeah, so I, I follow you on that. I think with him, you can say this on the wingers, there's quite a bit with approximately the same level. So Nugrain, Mas Christian Hansen, uh, one of the new guys just coming in from Ghana. Um, so there is opportunities and they needed to let someone go because they were too many. Then they let, uh, let uh, Ant-Man go. And if it had been my choice, I wouldn't have let Ant-Man go. I would, would have let one of the others go. But on the other hand, he's had now five seasons in FC Neuschland, 76 games. Uh, he's had his fair chance. Um, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to be, uh, I mean, a starter anyway for the next six months. So give him a chance in Groningen. See if he can uh, play uh, himself to a starter there. And then let's see how the, the game plays out. I've, we have a lot of offensive players, so I'm not a, uh, concerned about the depth at all. And when you then mention Leo Valza, it's a similar picture. We brought in Zidane. He's an eight. Leo Valza is an eight. The consequence of Zidane coming in meant that Leo must go on to more playing time. And as we talked about last time, 
I freaking love this player. So it's sad to see there's not enough space for him now. But on the other hand, um, we're reaching out for the title. And if they feel like this is two, three, five percent better, game on. Makes sense. And I guess the, the million dollar question is, do you think that FC Norgeland today are a stronger team than they were on the final game before the winter break? No, not at all. Uh, I think uh, status quo would have been a better call because I believe that uh, the best player leaving the league, even though Macondes is probably going to be good for us, I don't expect him to be the best player of the league again. So uh, new dynamics uh, is also got, it's going to change the game slightly when you take out one player and it's been really working. So, uh, so if I could have chosen, I would have chosen to stay with what we had. But uh, again, it's it wasn't unfortunately my decision. Maybe it will be one day in the future. Um, <laughs> but for now, I just need to say that it's it's completely okay that Shilrop went because he also deserved the move and he was too good for the Super League. Got it. And who, who's going to take set pieces in his absence? Do you think? Um, for penalties and f- yeah, well, I would say Macondes is going to take them. Okay. Hmm. He did take them when he was here last time, so I would uh, I would think it's going to be him again. So just to be clear, you, you've said that this is status quo at best and you rated the window a 9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, but that's, the, that's, that's how it is with FC Norseland, right? Because yeah. you sell players to a level where you can never buy these players. It's yeah, impossible that's to buy these players. So therefore, you can say uh, on this scale, it's already a FC Norseland scale. Uh, the 10 out of 10 would have been that uh, Schellerup would have stayed, but... I have no concerns about uh, Johannes Torp coming in as the as the coach. It's predominantly uh, the fact that uh, Schillerup is out. That is uh, a bit uh, mind-boggling to me. But let's see. I mean, uh, quite a few, uh, few games left and to get ready for the season. And we're still looking for the f- uh, final three up front. So uh, it can go in a few ways from here on. Cool. And at the other end of the table, Casper P, um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, Bromby now, with, who've brought in some pretty interesting looking players, actually. What's been the, the, the overall fan reaction to the, the window, do you think? Um, it ended with a little bit of disappointment um, and a little bit of, uh, yeah, people asking questions about the transfer, the loan of uh, Frederik uh, Winter. The Danish uh, central defender, uh, which was brought in on loan from uh, Augsburg, and that is all related to this uh, ownership thing um, with Global Football Holding owning like a minor, minor, minor share of Augsburg, and then people see this uh, loan as you know like a some sort of farmer club uh, thing. Um, but in general, I say that uh, the fans are, po- are positive uh, for the window because. We did some business done, uh, had some business done both in and out. Um, the only thing is, yes, uh, we could all have wished for uh, several more players to go. Uh, currently, we're like uh, the Nottingham Forest of Denmark <laughs> uh, with, with a squad like uh, beyond uh, 30 players. Um, but as I also discussed with the, with the Linde, it's hard to you know sell the Deadwood. It's not always like, you know, those players are the most wanted uh, and with so of them having contracts running out uh, within uh, five months now it's it's okay for me because on the inside we addressed some questions and we also came out stronger in the uh, in the general view i think some of the incomings can be explained by looking at the outgoings. so there were two transfers to the mls actually which is um becoming a bit of a next port of call for super league players <laughs> at the moment but yeah. um, Sigurd Rosted went to Toronto and Andreas Maxo mm-hmm. went to Colorado. Were those departures you were both expecting? Most definitely. Uh, Maxo, it was like, uh, you know, when was he going to go? Uh, because he's been on the edge of leaving for the past, what, three windows? With the moves to Rostov in Russia, uh, Bordeaux in France, and then finally Colorado Rabbits. And I also think that this sort of club was the right um, pick for Maxwell because I know he's still young. He's only 27, uh, I think it is. But his um, level of, uh, yeah, the way that the level he was playing on was declining. Uh, he wouldn't be in consideration for the national team. He, he had uh, too many flaws 
or lacking his uh, strength uh, to be a real uh, consideration for the clubs in the big uh, five leagues. Um, and I think he also himself wanted, like you know, an adventure. And he knew he's a, he's a, he's a clever guy. I I I'm pretty sure that he knew himself. You know, he wasn't going to like this top club uh, and if he was staying in Europe it would be like you know middle club uh, Holland Belgium uh, which uh, which w- wouldn't be so different from uh, clubs in, in well from Bonby in Denmark so I think he, he got the adventure he, uh, he he was looking for and the same for Hoster 28 going for 29 this year and I also think that this is pretty much also it. It says a lot about the way that the the squad was built, the players that was leaving now, because these aren't players. They are too old to be like the Shillop uh, sell or uh, the Victor Nilsson transfer a, year, a few years ago from uh, Copenhagen to uh, to Galatasaray because they're too old. So I think it was it was the right decision to to have them uh, to to sell them. Um, both had contracts running out, and if you look at what was brought in, um, yes, we brought in Rasmus Lauritsen, uh, experience from uh, Sweden, Croatia, uh, with a lot of the same same strength as uh, as uh, Maxø, and then this loan uh, of Frank Winter was also, if if we look away from the fact that he was from Augsburg and all this ownership <laughs> thing, I think he basically fits the bill because. Yeah, he's a he's a passing central defender, uh, young, experienced from the Super League, but you know with not so much uh, playing time in, in Augsburg, and he can fit this uh, role probably behind uh, Chimpe. If you if you play if Jesper Sørensen wants to play with a central uh, duo, then uh, Chimpe and I expect Lauritsen would be the the preferred uh, partnership. And then Winter uh, uh, will stay behind Chimpe and probably Hekheim behind uh, behind Lauritsen. Brilliant. Okay, I look forward to seeing them in the league. A player who also came in is uh, Hakon Evgen from uh, from AZ <laughs> Al- Alkmaar, and um, this is a this is a player who uh, a, a Bromby fan I know reached out to me and said he was so excited about this player. He thinks he's going to be the best player in the league. That's how excited he was. Are you? Do you share this excitement? To call him the best player in the league, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but no doubt he's good. He was good in uh, Bordeaux Glimt uh, back in the, I think it was 2019, uh, where this Bordeaux Glimt team was basically blowing up the Norwegian league, playing this aggressive, attacking, high pressure style of football. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he had a not so uh, well fortunate uh, spell at the uh, Asset Alkmaar in Holland. And that's also, again, basically what made him available for Bonby. Um, but he addresses uh, a lot of uh, the challenges that Bonby had in the central midfield. Uh, they need this player who can go box to box, who can uh, move the ball uh, by his feet, uh, who can be a threat arriving late in the box, generate a lot of shooting, and by that, uh, generate goals. And also being a guy who can work in this high pressure that you probably want to see well i hope to see Bonby more and more uh, dig into and do you see him being a, a starter from the very first game back yeah no most uh, most likely i would be very surprised if Evgen uh, wasn't uh, a regular starter from the beginning fantastic and were there any positions in the team you think weren't perhaps addressed in the in the market any sort of glaring needs that you think you had that um that weren't taken care of obviously you can also you can always like strengthen uh, the team there's always a better player uh, but if you look in general uh, i think almost all positions are well covered um you can say the right back you have this young guy sibelonsen who had a uh, he had a tough uh, start at bonbu with a lot of game time, then uh, injury kept him out uh, for the rest of the the season until now. Um, and as a backup, you have uh, the possibility of bringing out uh, Daniel Vess as a right back. We know that he's preferred midfielder. Uh, he can cover that position as a right back. If there was a position where I'd say, okay, you could have might brought in something different, it would maybe have been the, like the number six. Uh, like uh, this deep position midfielder but again 
it a lot of it depends on what the new coach how he wants to play how he wants to set up the team does he want to play with one single uh, deep lying uh, defensive midfielder well probably yes because then Radosvic has some lags in his uh, playing style of playing short style uh, and Bell uh, have he will have probably have some problems covering the ground but if yes if Jesper Sørensen decides to play with like two deep midfielders like side by side and double pivot then it would easily be be possible to fit in Bell with a partner uh, as a deep lying midfielder but again it depends very much about what Jesper Sørensen wants um and like you say the squad is pretty big so there's there's probably quite a few combinations he has to try before uh, deciding to to move up, move anyone on he will have no problem about uh, setting up uh, drills <laughs> uh, playing 11 and versus 11 <laughs> Fantastic. I wanted to move on to uh, another team now in FC Copenhagen. And this this was a really strange window, I think, for them. I guess from a financial point of view, the sale of Victor Christiansen was fantastic. They got close to 20 million euros for a player that they have decent cover for uh, in, in Jellert and Sorensen. And they got that Premier League money, which always allows you to, to charge more. But beyond that, I found the business slightly puzzling. So Matt Ryan was sold or let go I, d- I didn't see any communication about a fee but he headed over to AZ Alkmaar where he's now a starter and the only sort of major incomings were Goncalves from Benfica who's mm. a winger that by all accounts is good but not spectacular and Jordan Larson, son of Henrik Larson, the, the famous Swedish striker he's come in on loan for six months but it feels like they were strengthening in positions where they already had lots of players. They had a very bloated squad and they didn't manage to move lots of people on. So if you think about it, you know, Babacar's still on the books, Makairo's still on the books, Karamoko, Amu, so many attacking players still on the books. And yeah, it just feels like a puzzling window for them. And you wonder where all these guys are going to fit in. I think they had the same difficulties as Bonpu had, you know, about uh, cutting off the Deadwood from the squad. Uh, but if you look away from that point, uh, I think they have uh, put together a pretty strong squad, uh, and I see them as the main contender for the title. Wow. Okay. I think they did. They had a lot of experience from last uh, winter window when they went crazy, right? They bought in six or seven players, and they mm-hmm. really saw the consequence of that, uh, and that's what they're still uh, dragging around with now. I think the talent in the squad is really high so yes you're right even though they didn't get in another a left back and even though they look a bit weak on the number six position where they'd been looking for a, what let's call it the delaney type then i still think that they have a pretty good amount of players i'm mm-hmm. with you in the sense that it's a little bit weird that they brought in both uh, diogo Con- goncalves and uh, jordan larson which in some way and form looks a bit alike uh, but I believe the uh, Diego Diogo Consalves uh, transfer makes a bit more sense because it's a bit like Evian in uh, ASAP. Mm. He comes from a very good school of football. So mm-hmm. if I had to say out of these two, he would be the one I would have the most trust in. But, uh, yeah, most I'm definitely. Actually, I'm actually pretty excited. And also yeah, you probably could see uh, John Larson maybe as a replacement or backup uh, for Cornelius when, if, when... He's not playing or not fit to play. And if you look in general, as Casper said, you know, taking to the consideration about the, the amount of talent and the, you also like the experienced players because, you know, yeah, they sold Victor Christiansen to Leicester, Leicester but it's uh, less than, what, seven months ago they brought in uh, like maybe the, le- the best left back from uh, from last season in Christian Sørensen from Viborg. So they were looking forward. They had, they had Victor Christiansen covered. And now, yeah, in the in the autumn, they had this like you know um, two brilliant players for the left back. Now they like only uh, have one, <laughs> but they have cover for for the one. So if Christian Johnson isn't playing, yes, there are uh, there are players that can cover in for him. But you know, in a short spring, he will be expected to to be the main guy and also be the guy who can play that position. Yeah. I'm I'm just wondering how you fit in all these guys in a starting lineup when you've got Victor Clayson, you've got Cornelius, Rooney, Dharami, 
Goncalves, Larson, you know, like something's got to give. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they manage it. If I may, I think on the how they're going to fit it in, I think on the wingers, there's no doubt there's at least two good wingers on the right and two good on the left. So I think it's going to be pretty dynamic who plays and who doesn't. And if Nestrup is as good as they say, then uh, he's going to be able to choose the players depending on who they uh, play against as well. Nice problem to have. And you can also use uh, Klaassen. He's so intelligent that he can also be used as in a more central advanced midfield position or even as a striker. But yeah, so so I, I don't see it as a as a weakness. I see it as a strength because they have the they have the option to, as Casper said, to pick and choose so much. As I mean, last night everyone was at the Marriott Hotel getting ready to sign someone big. PC was on the phone with Casper in his uh, transfer window day. We heard that uh, live through the studio. I think they were getting ready to really uh, announce someone, and then something fell on the floor. Uh, most likely, I would say. And this is a whole nother Casper. It's a third Casper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, to the, so, so to all you guys in England listening to this, we are not all named Casper in Denmark. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> um, another team who probably did the most business of, of anyone in this window was FC Michelin with four in and eight out, I believe. And as ever with FC Michelin, the people that came in came as a bit of a surprise. I mean, of course, uh, we knew Gigovic from from Obi. I think I was still slightly surprised that that he made that move. Emiliano Mar- Martinez, that was a loan, and he really impressed so far this season. So they they turned that into um, a permanent deal. But then there were a couple of players who arrived yesterday. Astrid Selmani, uh, a striker from Hapul Beersheba, and Emam Ashur, who's a central midfielder who can also play on the wing from from Zamalek. And yeah, two players I knew absolutely nothing about. I did a bit of research, spoke to a Zamalek fan <sighs> who who had some pretty interesting things to say about uh, about Ashur. In that you know he can play a number of positions. He's uh, got a great long range shot very good passer uh, but can be a bit hot-headed on and off the pitch so he should be an interesting one to watch but yeah well, what did you make of these the, the sort of assortment of uh, of incomings for Michelin we'll talk about all, all the pl- various players who left in a second but you know do, do you see this as a positive uh, positive few signings for them I'm I'm very happy we have Casper uh, Pilsberg in the room because I know he watches a lot of Egyptian football you can just start on the tour <laughs> then I'm going to be I'm going to lean back no, so I think I think it's it's, it's very classic Michelin, right? It's it's uh, they get in a few of these players that no one knows, but it's still for me it's underwhelming what they've done. Uh, normally, they also bring in uh, some <clears throat> talent where at least the clubs they've been at come from somewhere where we say, "Wow, this is good." With both of them now, uh, of these two, who's the I guess the biggest signings, the striker and and the Egyptian midfielder, I'm I'm extremely puzzled on. Is it good enough for Denmark? Are they gonna Are they gonna show us in six months that we were all idiots for doubting them, or are they gonna be exactly what I expect, just a bit of a bad fit to the Superliga? Yeah, well, I I, I think that Gigovic and Martinez, they're two, you know, twenty and twenty three respectively, and they're kind of tried and tested in the in the league. We know that they can step in, slot in alongside Olsen in, in midfield, and they're going to be good. I think the the wild cards are, of course, yeah, these these two players who came in on deadline day. And uh, I think Selmani was a loan, uh, and Ashur was a, a, a transfer. But yeah, they've 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 got big boots to fill because if we talk about the outgoings, Evander, I mean, it's a transfer we've been talking about for ages because it happened so long ago. But that was this window. Uh, he went to Portland, Portland Timbers in MLS. But then they also lost uh, Anders Dreyer, obviously a huge player for them. He went to, to Anderlecht, uh, and on top of that, I know he wasn't very good, but uh, sorry, Kaba went out the door along with Victor Lind, both on loan. And so I, it was getting to the final day of the window and I thought, hang on, do they have any strikers left in the squad? Um, no. What are they going to do? And so, yeah, th- these these players coming in have um, a lot of goals to fill between uh, between Traia and Evander. Yeah. At the moment, you know, as Casper said, we can always be, you know, all surprised within uh, five months when these guys have blown away the league. But at the moment, I would be a little bit concerned as a FC Midtjylland fan if I was looking at the things right now because uh, before Christmas that half of the season 
Midtjylland had a had an attack uh, which was among a little bit uh, below average uh, if you look at the expected goals what they created um, and they also didn't manage to make a lot of goals it was uh, basically a lot of uh, Anastreyer uh, transferring uh, low value shots uh, into goals um, and this transfer window I don't think that at the moment uh, they got to address the challenges they had because it, it's it's also basically about producing these chances and you lost uh, Evander uh, the main uh, creator uh, at the team and they got these box to box midfielders or defensive midfielders but are one of those the one or those um, uh, several of them can they create what what's necessary for them to to uh, generate chances for uh, even though they brought in uh, Astrid Selmani or whoever uh, is playing up top do do they have the players able to to create and generate the chances at the moment i would i, I would be a little bit concerned as a Milan fan who who's the player you think who's going to benefit most from from these two big hitters leaving? Uh, is, is it one of the wingers, one of the younger players? Uh, who who can you see uh, being the biggest beneficiary? I don't know. Uh, basically, uh, Midtjylland. If you can say one thing, you can say, you can put on like uh, this perspective. It would be that uh, all the all the play, all the the uh, the passes don't have to go through Evander uh, anymore. He was like you know a magnet uh, to the ball, uh, and the one who was uh, distributing uh, all the passes uh, from well, basically the last uh, third of the of the pitch. So, if you can like put on on a positive mind, it will be like. Um, another one you know uh, cut off one the head of the snake uh, another one two will grow and yeah i know it's it's really uh it, it's not the most like a uh, well-built argument right now but it, it's pretty much it as, as i see right now because i think they have some some problems some work to do and maybe uh that thought struck me today um that maybe they are building for next season maybe these loan signings uh, meant to see, to be seen the way that okay we're gonna run through this spring we're gonna make it to maybe the top what four uh, which uh, provides European football and then we're gonna do the real uh, build um, this uh, this summer that's probably as I see it instead they they just wanna like you know like limp uh, to the goal to the finish line and then do some stuff in the summer instead yeah. I have I actually have two uh, two players in mind. So uh, I think uh, Frederik Heiselberg, who is uh, their own striker, they brought uh, back from uh, Fredericia, uh, who scored plenty of goals when he was young. He then went injured. They then tried to get him back into shape again in Fredericia. Hasn't been perfect, but he scored a few goals here in the startup. And I think there is a very good chance that he might start in front of this uh, Kosovonian uh, Swedish striker. So I'm not set yet that they haven't chosen their own person. So that's, mm. of course, one. The second thing is that Dreyer out, even though he plays on the other side, it might be an opening for Valdemar Buskov, uh, who's another one of their big talents, uh, playing from the left, uh, pretty quick, pretty good on the ball. Uh, so hopefully they will utilize this chance to say we didn't get in exactly what we wanted and what we needed, but uh, we have a few of our own players who actually has a, a very decent level and they give them a shot for, for the spring. But let's see. Great, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be one to watch. And I'm uh, heading over to Denmark uh, in a couple of weeks for the the first game back, and I'm going to Viborg against Michelin. So I get to see these guys in the oh. flesh, and I'll report back to you on uh, on how our guy from uh, Zamalek is looking. The team that Michelin are playing there is obviously Viborg, and they're a team who also had an interesting window. There, there weren't any major outs, although I think we're still expecting J Roy Grot to head over to to Japan 
uh, which would be an interesting transfer for sure. But the the, the players they brought in beyond uh, Vestergaard, who we know from from Lungbu, uh, there were a couple of players who, again, I knew nothing about whatsoever. A Portuguese guy, Paulinho, came in, and you know he, he came. It looks like he has a reasonable pedigree. I think it's nine goals in twelve games in the Portuguese second tier. So you know I could I could see him doing something. Uh, and then a Brazilian guy called Renato Junior, and I looked at his record, and I, I mean I I know that numbers only tell you so much. But I looked at his top flight record. He's played 18 games in the Brazilian top flight and 17 in the Portuguese top flight. Bear in mind he's a striker. He's only got two goals. So over 30 games and and two goals. So is he going to be the <laughs> is he going to be the the, the savior up front? I'm not sure, but um, the jury's out. But h- how big a loss do you think Grot will be? Biggest loss in the league for a single player. Yeah, I agree. If you look at the Vibors numbers in the in yeah the first half of the season. They had a really strong performance, uh, both in actual results and also, you know, like if you look at the data behind the performances. And Groot was like a major reason uh, for them because he was converting a lot of chances into goals. He was good at getting to these chances. Mm-hmm. So losing him is uh, like a big question mark for the team. Can they, do they have what's what is needed to keep up the pace to to keep the teams behind them, uh, yeah, like yeah, to keep them behind them. So no pressure on the guys coming in. Then. <laughs> no, but basically, we bought. They have the. Uh, they are in a position where you know nobody was expecting this from them, and if they end with a season where they end like number six, they don't have. They don't have like this huge fan base that says, "Oh, it's too bad." They would be happy for it, and also, of course, happy if they end uh, if they finish high up the league, but. They have like and you know like a good shot at it right now because nobody expects them to finish top three. So basically, they have like uh, the free, uh, yeah, no, no pressure on. But if they manage to get in a striker that works, now I just digged out some data on Paulinho yesterday, and uh, I mean it's pretty solid. He has a in the uh, in. In the 2022-2023 season, he scores 1.17 goals per 90 minutes he plays. Uh, he has a very fine contribution when it comes to like touches in box, dribbles. So all in all, and shots on goal. So he actually has pretty good numbers. Uh, the thing about Paulinho is he has a bit of an overperformance on X goal versus actual goals, but... I guess that tend to happen a lot if you score 1.17 goal per game. But <laughs> I think if they get in a player uh, that actually has the level to uh, play a decent gold role, I think they will stay in top three. Okay. And I, I think this is a it's quite a big window for them just in terms of uh, Jesper Fraubel was so such a big presence that this is the first window without him there and you know bringing in a couple of guys that that uh, aren't on people's radars you know this could be a, a sort of line in the sand to show like what the next uh, iteration of the recruitment team can do um what what have been your impressions of Vestigar, by the way? Uh, he he, I think he had six months left on his um, contract at Lungbu, so um, made made the move for a relatively small fee. But um, is he going to be a player who can who can just sort of uh, slot in and hit the ground running? He surprised me. Uh, it surprised me that uh, Vivo brought him in. Not that he's a bad player, but it's not that he was that significant. And maybe a little strange uh, age, also twenty four. I think he was. Oh yes, I I don't really know what to to put in this transfer because do they want to keep out one of their own talents? But you know, yeah, as I saw one of the Vibor fans wrote on Twitter, he says that he trusts uh, the the hiring process. So guess mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> yeah, they see something right. in Vistagard that I uh, doesn't. I, I would uh, I would never have brought him in, but I also think this Lingbid team has been so weak. So you might actually have been good, and you might need to be a scout to really see how he contributes. Because they yeah. basically all look bad at this point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. One other team I wanted to to sort of dig into a little bit was uh, Alborg, given their precarious position in the in the table. Uh, it was really key that they brought in to, some players, and uh, they sure did. Um, they they brought in a, a goalkeeper on loan in uh, in Mantle, um, but most significantly they brought in or brought back Nicholas Hellenius from from Silkeborg. 
uh, who I guess they're banking on to start scoring some goals because th- their strikers weren't scoring throughout the season and they tried lots of different combinations. Uh, and on top of that, they brought in Delander, uh, who again is a returning player, and, and Jorgensen. Um, so some quite significant business. Is it enough to survive? And, and what do you make of, uh, of Hellenius sort of leaving his mentor in Silkeborg? I think that, you know, like the transfers in, in OB, it's like, you know, going back to your ex-girlfriend. It can be good. It can also be bad. But you, you know her, but it, but it can go both ways. And uh, will you fall into the same rhythm as before, or will the relationship blossom into into something new and perspiring? <laughs> Interesting. Because, I like you know, the analogy. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, again, uh, they brought in um, Talenta. He's been there before, was, uh, was good. Yeah, he can be good again. But Helenius been there before. Yeah, he can be good again. But do they have the guys needed to produce the chances does lucas anderson have like a does he has a, a spring in him with no injuries can it can he make the deliveries of assist can he create the chances anybody else uh that can that could concern me a little bit uh it seems like you know they really go for this uh, knockout punch to survive in the league yeah i uh, i i like the fact that they have invested uh, I'm very concerned about everything around OB if they don't, because it looks like they've poured in cash like there's no tomorrow. Uh, but I also think that they have increased the level of the team significantly. Uh, and it's okay with Tillander. I'm not concerned at all because Tillander is a central defender. He'll slot in. He'll play like he's played the other 15 years of his yeah. professional career and he will be good. But I'm with Casper on it is going to be a bit interesting to see Helenius has kind of been really good when people have been really good at linking up with him and creating chances for him. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not creating himself. Exactly. So uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see if uh, Sousa or Fossum or uh, Lucas Andersen or uh, Prip will be this guy, but someone needs to be this guy for them to survive. Then I think it's yeah. a little weird with uh, Kasper Janssen. Kasper Janssen is, for me, a good uh, right wing back but he's a wing back. Uh, I I think like when I've seen the the startups now of the new season for Obi, they've been playing with four in the like back four. So mm-hmm. for me, there's a little bit of a mismatch. But um, but yeah, let's let's see. I think they've invested heavily. I think they actually have a fair chance of surviving. Uh, before the transfer window, I would have given them zero percent. Uh, but now uh, let's lift it to to thirty. Uh, but it's all down to how good this uh, mental goalkeeper is because Theo Sander was definitely not good enough for the Superliga to survive. I think I said l- last week or whenever I last did the podcast that I felt sorry for him that he was being put in this situation because, you know, it being stuck in a relegation scrap isn't the place for a 17-year-old keeper to, to grow and develop. So I think this, uh, I think signing Mantle is essential just for, for Sanders' development, but also for um, increasing their, their chances of survival. But yeah, it, it's interesting what you say about Hellenius thriving on, on service because, you know, that Silkeborg team, when it was at its best, there was so, there was, that front three was so dangerous. Each of them were dangerous that they were all drawing the, you know, defenders away. Uh, I feel like Souza has that in his locker, but beyond that, uh, I think he's going to be quite closely marked. So I don't think he'll get the same freedom as he had in, in Silkeborg. He's going to certainly have to scrap for chances more, um, more than he did there. Yeah. And is it AGF that they play in game one, right? It's going to be such <laughs> yeah. a tight game. If yeah. they win this, then okay, let's see. If they lose the first year against AGF, I think it can all be over before it even started. Just in terms of out of the door, a player, Nadrani, who, who sort of joined to, to to kind of help them out at the back, uh, then had a big falling out with, with the teammates and has now been, been binned. That was a bit of a disaster signing. And uh, Makaric, also a player who came in with a lot of goals under his belt, uh, but never really got cracking. Both of them are out the door. Uh, and I, I don't think either come as a huge surprise. I think if I was a, a OB fan, I would be a little bit disappointed about Inge and Olsen. If you look at what he brought in and the amount of success these players have got, it's very limited. Yeah. yeah. I looked at the 18 goals or whatever Makaric scored before he joined, and I could say none of these 18 goals would have been a goal in the Superliga. It was like running on his own from the central part of the pitch 
all the way down to the goal, uh, shooting once, hitting the goalkeeper, falling out to him again, shooting twice again, falling out to him again, and then putting it at the end. It looked like uh, donkey football. So, uh, so wow. I think the the level needs to be a little bit higher on the players that they bring in. And that, that's also why I guess they have brought in uh, solid Danish guys and uh, Talent and Helenius and Johansen because they know what they get. They get get players who speaks the language. Uh, who does need to to adapt to Danish culture and to being in a Danish uh, Superliga club. Mm-hmm. I, I I want you both to put your neck on the line and tell me how many goals Hellenius is going to score between now and the end of the season. I would say five, but uh, to top Casper, I'd say seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to those predictions. Um, just before we we wrap up, uh, there were a few other moves uh, around the rest of the league. Um, stop me if any of these were interesting to you, but I I, I thought that a six foot seven uh, striker in Kenneth Zahora coming into to Ovi oh, yeah. was was interesting. You know, Kenneth- Kenneth Sohor, he is he's actually the Danish version of uh, Oberfemi Martins in the old football manager games. Never oh, gets really? older. I think <laughs> Sohor, he's been there forever. And he's it's just like, he's only, it's, what, 27, 30? I don't know. Tw- 29. He's, 29, he's still playing. It's yeah. like Oberfemi Martin. He was uh, 19 and a talent 10 games in a row. Yeah, he, 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 I, I was, uh, I was at that game back in the day where Martin scored a hat trick at Highbury for, uh, for Inter, and I think he was 18 then, and yeah, he seemed to haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh, he, he's still 18. <laughs> nah, um, but, but yeah, Obi, they, they just, uh, they just took a, a, a try to hit because signing Sohor is like a, a, you know, going down to buy a lottery coupon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not played for a year, right? And my guess is he's probably still hovering around like 100, 110 kilo or something like that. So he's also a big guy to get into shape for a short season. So that would be my primary concern, uh, as I think he has like one or two games in the last year. Uh, but there's no doubt, Sohoa has real quality when he's fit, when he's yeah, not injured, exactly. all that. But it's it's uh, a big... Can they keep him fit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, he, he's got big shoes to fill because uh, he, he'll be taking the place of uh, Jabali, who, um, uh, who who left for Japan as well, I believe. He had quite a good World Cup, obviously got on the radar of, of people and he, he was out of there, but he, he's been a big part of their success. So yeah, no pressure, Kenneth, but uh, get on the treadmill and get ready for a couple of weeks' time because uh, you're going to be needed in uh, Odense. Um Samuel Brolin also came in at Horsens, a good goalkeeper uh, with quite a bit of, of pedigree. And I think uh, given what happened to Mate Delac, it was probably necessary for them to just sort of have a bit more backup there. I, I can't see him necessarily being a starter unless Delac isn't, isn't quite ready to, to start the season. But, you know, Horsens have, have been great. And I think that they just see the opportunity to stay in the Superliga. Uh, and that seemed like a smart signing. Yeah. And I think uh, Jakob Boos as well that they brought in on right back. He was a proper player when he played there last time. Um, so I think uh, they've done well with keeping uh, Gomez and uh, the backs as well, getting in an additional right back that has quality and they're trying to play it safe with uh, with uh, an extra goalkeeper. So uh, yeah. they don't want to yeah. go down. Yeah, on a, on a limited budget, uh, they've done well, uh, keeping the assets, adding a little bit uh, where, where needed. So, yeah. And... Finally, AGF uh, got rid of a couple of players in in Hausner and Groning. I know that the latter never really, never really got much of a chance, and never really sort of showed that he deserved the chance. And he he's gone to uh, to Crete, I believe. Uh, but Hausner going was certainly uh, notable. As a Bonbe fan, I have to say I'm sorry for Hausner leaving. Uh, and uh, what did you make of um, Adam Sorensen leaving from Lungby? He's another player who, I, I know you said that no one's been good there. He came in with a, a big reputation and he's gone to, to Bodo Glimt and, you know, they've certainly got an eye for talent. So he, he must have shown something. Yeah, looking at Lundby's uh, transfer window, uh, it uh, tells me that they have accepted their fate. Uh, they know they're going to be in the first division after uh, after the summer. Yeah. yeah. And I think Kasper Janssen also did a fine job, right? So I'm uh, putting on a bit thick here. So I think all in all, the best players have left. And now the rest is left. So good luck <laughs> and good grace. 
part of the thing with that is, is I think that probably as a Superliga club, you can command a bit of a better fee than if you're sat in the first division, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it certainly seems like they're starting to get their house in order for, for, for next season. And, you know, I, I respect the pragmatism of that. <laughs> yeah, there's not really a lot more to say. I think, uh, yeah, get ready for first division. Uh, I just saw, I uh, have one thing, Henry, that I noted down, which I thought was a bit interesting to the listeners. Uh, this uh, winter window... Uh, all in all, if you look at Transfermarkt, uh, there's been uh, brought in players for 17 million uh, euro, which is the highest ever in a winter window. When you then at the same time look at the outgoing transfers, there's been sold players for 50 million uh, euro as well, which is also the maximum. So I just think it's a pretty good signal around that the Superliga is really... Uh, blossoming at this point, both a lot of expenditure in and a lot of expenditure out. So uh, just a bit of a, if you're not already watching Superliga, get going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also think that, you know, if you look at some of some of the moves, there's more and more players going straight from the Superliga to the big leagues. We saw Adingra go go to Brighton, this window Christiansen to, to Leicester. And I think that the the scouts at the, at the big five league teams are are sitting up and realizing, hang on, why are we letting these players go to middleman teams in, in Belgium or, or Holland and then picking them up for, for twice the price uh, and so, sort of going direct to source. So yeah, that is very exciting. Well, that was a whistle-stop tour. Was it whistle-stop tour? Actually, it was about an hour, so maybe not whistle-stop tour, but that was a um, look back on a window of, of madness. Thanks so much for joining me and sharing your opinion, guys. It's really been a pleasure to, to catch up with you, hear your takes on the transfer window, and I cannot wait to, to, to see how some of these moves pan out on the pitch. But thank you. I hope you'll come back and, and join me. Did you enjoy yourselves? We can answer like at the same time you know, as being Casper's. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Good fun always, Henry. Brilliant. Well, thank you guys and uh, look forward to chatting to you again uh, in uh, the coming weeks, months and good luck to both your teams. Thanks. Thanks. That wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank both of the Caspers very much for giving up their time. I know they're super busy, so being able to come and talk transfers with me was a great pleasure. As ever, please look in the show notes if you want to see their social media handles uh, so you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, if you're not already following me, you can at DK. Head on over to footballindenmark.com if you want to have a look at some of the other Danish football content that I have put together. It's uh, always a great pleasure to get feedback and, and hear how you guys are enjoying the episodes. So please do drop me a message. Let me know how you're enjoying it. So thanks for listening. Stay warm and look forward to talking to you next time.